Rachel was so clearly and firmly told me, she was like, watch them. And I was like, watch them. She's like, you, you just have to watch them, observe them. Like, you don't have to do anything. She's like, you'll protect them. Yes, you'll nurture them. Yes, but just simply cultivate the ground. Like, just watch and observe them. Just watch them. Welcome to Going Within, the podcast where I, David Naylor, and our guests dive deep, sharing our transformative journeys with psychedelic therapy and other awakening experiences. Join us as we explore the life-changing potential of going within and listening to inspiring stories of transformation from various life experiences and ceremonies. Thank you for honoring me with your presence and attention today, and I'm so grateful that you're here and all of your infinite wisdom. Now, let's go with it. Today, we have Jeremy Bergeron on the show. He's a partner at Mission.org, a new media studio backed by powerhouses like Sequoia, Founders Fund, and he is the host of Marketing Trims. He has the privilege of engaging in stimulating conversations with CMOs and VPs of marketing from our world's most innovative Fortune 500 companies on their cutting-edge platform. I'm looking forward to going within with my good friend, Jeremy Bergeron. Welcome to the show, man. Dude, excited to be here, bro. Excited to be here, man. Jeremy, you've been uh, a very dear and close friend of 12 years. Uh, we've lived parallel lives. We've gone through so much together. I mean, we could just kind of look at how you know, we were driving down, Marie and I were driving down Mopac, and we saw the building where you and I met in, in Google uh, yep. 12 years ago. Yep. And I'm like, that's where I met Jeremy in that building. She's like, that's so surreal. Like That building is where you met Jeremy Bergeron. One of the best days. Same. I tell that story to this day, man. People ask me how I met you because it's this, I have this image in my head of you scooting down the hallway on one of the Google scooters, just wearing this like orange polo or this like pink polo, just scooting down the hallway. And I was like, wow, we can, we can scoot at Google. That's dope. And there's David Naylor. I got to find that guy. And then the ping pong every day. My ping at pong least game. an hour and a half or two of ping pong every day. A ping pong game increased big time it, there. You really did. I mean, we had some epic very, matches. Very formative. That was very formative. That that period for me meeting you at Google was like the start of, like I think where I think think think, think like things started development, yeah, connection, like really started that that work started when I met that that was the beginning of that. Man, it's let's let's reflect back there a little bit. Like we we were working together, then we did a fitness competition together. We started training two days a week, mornings and afternoon, and we just. We found a guy there, Hank, who Hank. trained us, was shout there every Hank. day. Big shout out to Hank. And and then we ended up, we thought that we would never make it. But then at the end of the day, we made it. We went on stage. We got some trophies. We got some trophies. And we spray tanned ourselves. We oh, looked we like sprayed. Oompa Loompas up there. But we were in the best shape of our lives. We did. We did. You lost like 50 or 60 pounds. It was wild, dude. That was intense, man. And that example is, is actually a really good example because when people ask me to describe like you like how, how like what is david like i'm like he's the guy that somehow got me to say yes to a fitness competition the hardest training regimen yeah, yeah. ever i mean every day seven days a week twice, yeah, twice a, day, a day dieting like hard but that's the thing that i always credit to you bro is like all the over the years is like you invite people into like this 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 reality of like, hey, wanna wanna do something really hard and transform yourself? Let's go. Like, okay. Well, and then it was interesting because even though, and if you think of it as a relay race, I was always the sprinter out of the gate, right? And, and Aries, uh -huh. Gemini, like I'm, I'm, I'm the relay first baton. But then 
I need other people to carry me through after that first that first round because I may get everybody. This is just learning. We're learning about ourselves as we go within. We're learning about our design, our the way we, the way we are created, the way that works for us. Like we just learn about ourselves, and I'm learning that. Yeah, I'm the sprinter out of the gate. But then it was you that carried me through. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. And then you would hold me accountable. And then like you carried me through, even though I got you in. So it was dude, it's equilibrium. Shake and bake, baby. Yeah, shake and bake all day, hey, dude. It's been crazy again. Like we say, we say parallel lives. But if you and I rewind the clock over the past decade plus, dude, it is just wild to me how much like. I mean, it's it's just filled with like willingness to to go with it. Like the whole thing is like, do you want to go on an adventure? Do you want to heal? Do you want to go on a journey? Do you want to go where most people are saying no? Like that's been the whole game. Well, and let's they... look at this. Then we got involved in religion in a way. We did. We got involved in uh, uh, Christ consciousness. We got involved in church. We got involved in taking men out to the woods and doing shame healing work, release work, men's work. They called it. And I remember going out first and being like, Jeremy, we got to do this. And you're like, fuck, no, I don't want to do this. Like, no, no. Like, yeah. but then, you know, everybody was like pissed off our whole group. Like, oh, Why yeah. are we going out in the middle of the woods? Oh, what is gosh. David? He's crazy. We hated you. We, we hated and then, you. And then, and then I remember your first teardrop coming through and doing this men's work and getting in touch with emotions we've never felt. Boom. Um, our father's wounds, our grandfather's wounds, our, our lineage and like, and like letting out these going through processes we had never gone through. It was like the Crucible Project. It was like some type of like, um, they also like call like it- Mankind. Uh, mankind. Mankind. And we got involved in that. I mean, tell me about that experience. Oh, bro. I mean, that, you know, it's like, I, I feel, again, I think about the timeline of, of meeting you and connecting with you. It's like fitness competition followed by this this men's work and leading this work. And just as you said, I remember you inviting us and a bunch of the guys that we would meet regularly you to come to this retreat, this Christian retreat. Yeah. And we were just not interested. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody wants to go to a fucking Christian retreat, man. Like, no. And we just really just And finally, we all said, let's go. We just five, six of us. I, I think. think it was my birthday. Like, this is all I like, want for my birthday. Gotta you go. guys got to come. I mean, we even, like, weren't even, like, taking it seriously. We, we, we show, we show up and we text you, sorry, we can't make it. Just yeah. Yeah. I remember you. that. You're like, what are you? So I remember that. There. And yeah. So, dude, you know, Jumping into that, you know, saying yes to that experience. And then what I didn't even realize is what I was saying yes to, again, like a deep dive into like the darkest places of my life that I didn't even know I could go and be supported through. It was wild. Then I invited my dad to go a few weekends later. I remember she went. that. And my younger brother went. Yes. I mean, dude, so again, your the spill of the, the ripple. Generational right? healing, man. All of it. So dope. I remember one of the biggest things I got, and then we can talk about so many, I'm sure, experiences. They call it carpet work, right? Carpet and, work. And on carpet work, you reenact. Uh, essentially, it's like theater therapy. It's um, They call it psychodrama. And you pick people to play. Uh, you redo scenes in your life. So you re-pick your parents fighting and what you felt like. And like they put scenes and you put actors from the group and then they hit play and you're re you're literally reliving the experience to create the emotion of healing or sadness or grief to tap into that grief tap into that anger tap into that sadness and then you're being held and prod there's so many different types of cathartic processes but i remember one of them was how i had to fight for my balls 
and it was like I had been emasculated. I like the feminine. I was I was like cut off. I was you know there was a pattern with my mother and like and it's all programming. It's all programming. And I remember taking back my manhood, and I had to fight these six men to get it. It was I never had to exert that much energy to come out yeah, to rage, anger, because I could never feel my anger because I was afraid of it. So I was passive aggressive. Oh, I don't need to be angry. I, I can uh, smile on the face, uh, laugh when I want to get angry, laugh, like just don't rock the boat. And it was the first time I got to be in touch with full anger, the full space of men holding me to get in touch with this anger that I was able to let out to get in touch with it, to then not to hurt people anymore and to have a connection with anger and actually rewrite the program of healthy anger. Right. And then I got to get my balls back and it was like a new frequency of, of, of myself. Dude, that, that experience will always be and continues. I mean, they're still doing that work. There's hundreds and thousands yeah. of men that now are doing all, it. Now sons of, they have the sacred sons so, yeah, and there's yep. all kinds of, of that have sprung yep. out from that. The men's initiation, that works important. Men's initiation. You know, for sure. Yeah, man. Thank you for saying yes to Dude, that. Dude, yes, man. I mean, I, again, like, you know, your birth, we just celebrated your birthday recently. Happy birthday. Yeah, we celebrate you. all month, by the way. Yeah, we are. We got we another party next weekend. We keep Maybe going. And I think is the funny thing is, is I could never celebrate my birthday because, again, programming around that, it was like, oh, I don't want to tell anyone. I don't want to. It was the, you know, again, rewriting the story, rewriting the trauma, reprogramming. And it's it feels so good now to be able to receive love and celebration through, again, some of this work we're now doing in journey work. And uh, yeah, that was another thing where, you know, I, I found plant medicine just a few years ago. As you know, we got involved in recovery after that, after the crucible, we got involved in and really doing ACA, adult children, and codependency work, and healing inner child work. We started moving into healing trauma, which then led me to be into the recovery industry and build recovery centers around healing trauma and addiction, yep. Yep. having been to rehab at 17. Uh, and so spending that time in sobriety. And I remember there was a period of time where I really went sober. And I remember that time in our relationship, because for about a year, you you weren't with getting sober. You're like, no, I don't keep wanting to drink it. And like, I was really in it at that point. That's right. That's right. And we didn't really hang out that much for that one year. I was still on my path. Yeah. No, me too. I mean, and I went, I I went a little bit probably too far, right? But it was interesting. That, yeah. That well, dude, I remember that was another you know pivotal moment. Like, I, I remember I was at the time married, going through a separation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I had just left Google. I had just no. Oh, I got laid off, and I remember feeling just really low. That was the first time where I remember driving one day and being like, "You could end it. You could just end it." And I was like, "Well, that's a really scary thought." And then you hit me up, "Hey, man, so let's." And I hadn't seen you in a while. Hit you, and, and I remember driving. Is that when I went to the bridge? That's when you went. That you, thirty you day. Back. You yeah, that's right. Back. And you, I saw you, and I was like, "Where the fuck did you just go?" Because I haven't seen you in months, and you look like you just got like dipped in gold and just. Oh, present yeah. your eyes. Oh, yeah. I was like, what's going on? And you were like, oh, I went to this place in Kentucky. 30 like, days. Give me their phone number. I left a few days you, after. I think you were left a few days after that. I left a few days after and I went for 30 days. And this place was that interesting. That was the yep, inner child. Yep. You come and get a stuffed animal. You oh, do your parts work. So good. Family systems, inner child. Yes. Uh, Self-love. Yes. Learning about codependency. It was yes. rebuilding that little, that little, those little parts that Dude, needed love. It was, I you know, that experience for me allowed me to get my history straight like understanding that like the things that had happened to me when i was a kid was abuse like it was and i was like oh well i wasn't like sexually abused so like i wasn't abused 
like, oh, wait, no, you were absolutely. I mean, so just getting clear on that, on how there was a lot of less than nurturing things happening as a kid. I, and I just didn't know how to put that in, organize that at all. But the bridge allowed me to hold space through that, organize it, come, send that love, and then move into the next level, which was to join you in the journey work, which again, you again, you had been journeying and connecting with plant medicine. And we, you and I had been deep down the trauma heal, inner child path. And you invited me to come meet you somewhere. And I finally, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, right? Going going back to when you went to this 30-day place, 200 acres, you know, they've been around 45 so years, good. nonprofit, so and like putting the, the parts there, getting your history straight. What did you learn about the parts of trauma? Like, I think there were five different types of trauma. Like, do you remember what yeah. you learned I mean, about trauma? I remember that that was like the tip of the iceberg for trauma for me, because I went way deeper after that experience on trauma and how traumas, you know, is the body keeps the score and how it's stored in the body. And so that I went down that rabbit hole. But there was more like the bridge helped me realize like all the like the roots like, to the things that feed into what the external would look like challenges with, you know, drug, sex and rock and roll. But it was actually looking at the root system of that. We're like, there was actually these these trauma and codependencies is what's feeding this thing. It just allowed me to get clear on that, understand that more. Yeah. But that was the beginning of a deep dive into drama work. You and know? what did you get clear on? At the bridge? Mm -hmm. Or like just about the roots? Like, could you, mean, are you able to name some of those? I mean, oh, dude, I mean, there was like, you know, enmeshment with parents and coaches. And, you know, there was a lot of verbal abuse, religious abuse, psychological abuse, all of those things, um, physical abuse. Yeah, all of those things were feeding into what in my outside life was just not working. For and you were able to put it together. Dude, so much clarity. And then I could like, process that too like because i mean try you know go into a place where you're with late 30s and then going there and then by the time you leave you realize that how much you've gone through in your life and what you and the trauma and the abuse like it was a lot i felt like it was like open heart surgery i was like you know, all this was you know but they held that container so well oh yeah it's such a beautiful healing space and they just held that i tapped into anger safely i tapped into you know all these beautiful frequencies like I didn't know I could. There was safe. They helped me get clear. They held it, dude. Shout out, Bridge. Baby. Well, you know, it's They're interesting. Good. What I learned there was first you have to name it to tame it. Name it to this tame it. This is what I remember. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You name it to tame it. Okay. Okay. This is how it happened. Awareness. Yeah. And then the feelings can come. Because how can we really feel it to heal it? That was it for right? me. Name it that to tame it. it. Feel it to heal it. Boom. So once we, when, what it tells me is once we get awareness yes. of our pattern of where it comes from, of, of how it, how it's going. And then we can truly feel it to release it or transmute Dude, it. I'll never, I'll never forget first day I got there. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing here, man? I don't belong here. These people are crazy. I don't belong here. I'm not one of them. And I remember eating dinner in the, you know, in the cafeteria and this sitting next to this girl who had been there for a couple of weeks, Erica. And I, I'm like, she's probably can tell, look at my face, like, what am I doing? And I was like, well, you know, how's it been for you? And I'll just never forget. She's like, puts her food, puts her fork down, looks at me and says, you got to feel to heal. And I just had not heard those two words put together. And I just hadn't heard it. I was like, like, I just was like, kind of, it was beginning to hit me. And then of course, by the end of like two weeks, I was like, I'm staying two more weeks. I'm not going back. And it was so much beauty. And she was spot on. Feel, Got to feel it all the way. Yeah. What did your life look like after leaving that place and how did you begin to integrate all of that? I mean, it, it unlocked a new level of like self-love, but it was like, I was okay. Like things were actually okay. I needed 
things to be okay. It's like you're, and things were, were better than okay, but I just had this sense of groundedness in myself. And I had support around me too. Like you, we got, I mean, I got back and we had just support, dude. We built, we had communities around us where people were just being authentic. We started leading more men's groups and doing more stuff. So it was just, again, another layer of self-love, another layer of like, dude, you're okay. And like, also like a layer of forgiveness from like my parents as well and coaches and teachers that just, you know, use the tools they had at the time with what they had. So it was like dealing with that and letting some of that stuff go, just a lot more freedom. And again, a, another layer of just like connection with myself. Was that probably similar to what you? Yeah, yeah same. Too? When I when I got out, it was, uh, I had the meetings that I would go to, uh -huh, right? The support uh -huh. meetings. Uh, I got involved in like certain books that I was recommended. So I started studying about healing trauma and like, since it was a new language, I always thought it was like a, a whole new world. Like it was this whole new world. Yes. Of like, whoa. Yes. yes. And, and then I was able to, I think for, yeah, several years until the point where I started my first treatment center that, that got me into the industry of mental health yep. and addiction. And, you know, and so it was, it was a beautiful journey of healing. And I look at seasons of life of how they're just learning new modalities. Yeah. Right. And, and so. so yeah, speaking of new modalities, um, you know, we we got into that work together. We both got a job back at Google. We both so went, went back, back to, to Google. Back I to was Google. in San Francisco. You yep. were traveling all around with Google Maps. Yep, yep. That was again. It was, yeah, you went with the back at the same time to the same company where we first met in different parts of the country. Right. Like, yeah, for the same amount of time because we both went back around I think two years. Then you left and I left again. Yep. And I always like think of you as like, you know, supporting people through healing at scale. You know, it's like you have experienced deep, profound connection with yourself and you, it's not enough just for you. You want to tell everybody about it, which is why you launched, you, you saw healthcare and you launched systems within healthcare to get the word out to other people. Like here's a way to experience this healing frequency, which you thousands and thousands and thousands of people have come through Tell your me, invitation. Yeah, yeah. So just the way you think about the invitation of supporting people and humanity to me is amazing. I remember being, yeah, that time in San Francisco, going and, back to Google, and, and I remember this deep, deep, deep healing of the inner child. And I remember I could never go to a baseball game because my dad coached my little league and my dad died early and there was a lot of um, divorce in my family and it was painful. I couldn't ever get a golden retriever because I had goldens my whole life. And, you know, one was run over and killed and one, like, there was just so much pain. And then I couldn't, my dad was my soccer coach, so I couldn't play soccer. But all of a sudden, as I was doing this work, guess what started to happen? Oh, I started playing soccer yep. at Google. I got a golden retriever puppy. I started going to Giants baseball games and the glove and the hot dogs. And I was able to feel the pain but feel it with joy and pain. And I was able to feel it and heal it. And then I ended up getting a motorcycle, which my dad and I used to ride dirt bikes when I was a boy. And that was another thing I shut off. And then my dad went from like in this shame, you know, something's wrong. Why did he like all that anger to then my dad moving to being a king, being my hero again. And I had to tap into that little part of myself, that little boy. And I had to feel all those things he needed to feel that he didn't get to feel. And then that magic of my dad being like, and then all the love of my dad started pouring in, all the good parts of my dad, all the good memories of my dad, all the understandings of my dad of what he was going through as a kid and studying his childhood in life to where my dad truly became 
aligned and centered and king and lineage and respect. And then I started becoming proud of my last. I was named after my father as a junior and I started becoming proud. And so my, the vibration of my name changed. And so, yeah, it was just such a beautiful time uh, during, during yeah. that time. I mean, I, I witnessed you from the, you know, from the very beginning, you know, you would really talk about your dad much, you know, like you, you, you'd, break, you'd break him out every now and again, you'd say stuff here and there. And then over the years now, over a decade, how that has shifted into so much honor and so much like, like you said, the pride, like the pride that you have in it is so clear. And that when people know you, they, they know about your dad quickly. Dude, yeah. Because you find ways to celebrate and bring him up often. And yeah. it's all the, the, no, the awareness is beautiful, man. So Thank cool. you. I, I've learned that we really can reprogram and rewire. And, you know, I think this will take us into the next conversation of, of journey work because that's been a whole nother, the last few years, finding plant medicine, right? finding psychedelic therapy, which is now legal with ketamine. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And we can talk about, you know, the work we've done. And we, we, we see it every day now with the veterans. We see it with all over. I mean, it, there's obviously a huge revolution happening right now. There's yes. momentum. There's healing. Yes. 20 years of therapy in one session for a lot of people. You know, I, I know that uh, you've experienced this as well. I'm curious, you know, what what got you involved or interested in plant medicine and how has it how has it changed your life that's a good question how much time we got let's just <laughs> collapse time what is time um so i mean for me my, my story with psychedelics started it started with lsd first taken for the first time at a rave i had never taken it before and taking that what I now will, will, you know, respect that that medicine and that frequency of LSD because I didn't know anything about it before that moment. But that moment and several hours thereafter, like just, you know, woke me up from what felt like amnesia, what felt like I had been sleeping for 30, I don't know, whatever, I was 35 years old at the time. I just was, I saw my life in such a different way. I, I zoomed out in such a way that I saw all the pieces on the board. I saw the, the whole game. I was like, but you've all the baggage you've been carrying, all these things you've been protecting. It just was beautiful. So that started the journey and then got introduced to psilocybin and mushrooms. And that did a lot of solo, solo work for a couple of years. And then you, then you invited me. Yeah. But so it was the beginning of awareness of who I really am, like what's really possible, what can actually be created. Uh -huh. It was just such a, so, so the whole path of plant medicine and psychedelics for me is this waking up and remembering. Because for me, I was, I was amnesia for 30 something. Like I just, I, you know, I might have been just laid out. Like I was just walking through life. Even with my understanding of healing and trauma, like I still had not gone deep. I had not gone deep. I had not sat with whatever was coming through. And so that's what it does for me. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's such a deep, unending exploration. And so when I journey, it's spelunking time. We go deep and I find more opportunities to love myself, more opportunities to love my family, my community, my kids. Like, I mean, it's like that for me, it's like, okay, I need, let's go 30 more years of that. I went 37 years of like being a robot. Cool. Grateful. Yeah, thank right. you for the lessons. But now being heart open and expanding, let's, let's go 30 years of going in and see what we find. So thank you for the invitation. Well, yeah, you. I, I like to, now that I've learned through this work. I mean, we're we're creating our own reality, 
whether whether we know it yes, or not, we are. whether subconsciously or consciously, I am that I am that I am. I mean, when I say with plant medicine, it is a reminder that I am the creator, and it yeah. brings things into awareness of the unconscious stories, the unconscious beliefs yep. that are creating reality for me. And then it's like, whoa. And then it shows me all the patterning of that and then the behaviors of that. And then it's sometimes can be hard and sometimes it can be crunchy. And then I wake up and be like, oh, I can create a new version of reality. Like we are creating reality, Dude. right? Whereas I was able to see so much where I was being victim, victim consciousness. Oh, um, oh. I'm curious if, do you, do you have a certain journey or session that you did that that you that stands out that you remember that was profound and powerful something like a story that so of I mean, a real I, life change. I mean, I laugh because it's like there. You know, I, I said yes in this lifetime to journeying. I mean, I'm guessing it would have been. So my daughter just turned five. So, which her name is Journey. Which her name is Journey. So at least like seven years ago is when I like that was because I, I met Asha and so. Almost, yeah, six, seven years ago is when I started this journey. Yeah. So when you, when you say, is there anyone that sticks out to me? I mean, every one has been so potent and powerful. I mean, so many of them stick out. I mean, for me, going to Peru and sitting with ayahuasca will always be just, I mean, because I could Would that I, be up there? I mean, that would be, be up there. there. Because, <laughs> just because, like, I had so many friends and people that I know that have all had the experience. And for years and years, I just did not hear her calling me i did not it's like nope i'm good oh, i remember both of us you and Dude, i were like, saying at one point like ayahuasca like, we just we'll yeah. never do it i mean we, we i remember us being agreeing with you yeah we'll never dude, do that i one. mean I, I sat with bufo uh-huh you know five meo and i you know it still was like ayahuasca no but after you got back from peru that's when i heard her i was like oh we were having dinner and she was like it's time and how interesting is that? Similar to when we went to the bridge, we get together. We get together. I just got back. Just get back, and then I'm. And you see right something there. in me, right? Like, yep. same dude. It was, and then you were gone a few days later. Literally, again. I, you, you, I hadn't seen you for about a month because you went to Peru. You come back. You're sitting across the table from me, and you're telling me about your experience, and my whole body is just like just vibrating. Dun, dun, dun. I texted the shaman. Hey, I'd love to come to Peru maybe sometime this year. He's it like, just so happens, dude. Which this guy is very busy. Like he's, he's he's traveled over the world. He says he says, hey, would love to, you know would love to support you in this. He's like, you have two options. He's like, you can leave tomorrow, or it's like next year. Some or you can leave like in six seven months. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like six seven months not not gonna happen. So tomorrow. So in some way, dude, I meet this guy in Peru. He said, I'll meet you in Lima. So I flew to Lima the next day, but the whole time, I remember being on the plane, sitting in the row, no one next to me on the plane. I literally was like watching my it was like something was almost like puppet like something was pulling me to prove tell me a download that you got in peru that changed your life like what what is one just one i know there are so many the most beautiful download i got in peru without hesitation was i was talking with ayahuasca around being a good dad i was like we have four kids three, one of them is mine three are not mine but we have four beautiful kids and i was like i just want to be a good dad and I, she so, so clearly and firmly told me, she was like, watch them. And I was like, watch them. She's like, you, you just have to watch them, observe them. Like, you don't have to do anything. She's like, you'll protect them. Yes, you'll nurture them. Yes. But just simply cultivate the ground. Like, just watch and observe them. Just watch them. They're here to interact with the world and their experience. This is their experience. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm tracking. When I flew back home from Peru, I went and dropped our two four-year-olds off at daycare. 
And I told the teacher, hey, this time I'm going to stay back. So I dropped him off. Yeah. Because we just drop our kids off and we pick them up at the end of the day. Like, we don't even know what you, what's going on. So I drop them off and I sneak around to the window and I look in the window and I watch my daughter, Journey, and Grayson walk in the room. And all the kids are in there. And I'll never forget it, dude. I mean, tears down my face watching Grayson, this kid, walk in. And all the boys, this my eight boys, four-year-old boys, flock towards this kid. And just like, Grayson, Grayson, Grayson. And I'm seeing him not even knowing he's a leader. Like, he's the leader. He's the one that they're like, and they're following him around the room. And he's just putting his bag away. He's just like, and he doesn't even know what to do with the, like, this, this likability he has. It was like, a blah. And then I watch my daughter who goes with the girls and sit at the table and they're drawing and coloring. And she's laughing and they're looking at each other and they can't see me. I'm just watching them, dude. So that's what I do. I'm clear on my instructions as a parent. Now I just sit, really don't step in. I really just let them do their thing. And they're teaching me just to be with that, you know? So that's one download from Peru. Just one. <laughs> just one. There was 10 days. Well, and as you know, and as you know, like, that type of download is so priceless. And in plant medicine, they happen all the time, different downloads. So it, for me, it's been accelerated expansion, accelerated well healing, accelerated awareness. And I think that's the power of psychedelics. I think that's what's happening. I think that's why we're seeing laws change. I, I mean, there's bills in Congress. There's bills all over. A lot of states right now have just bills sitting in the committee right now that'll be voted on. And it's an exciting time. Yep, dude, I agree. I mean, look, Big Pharma is trying to formulate their own, you know, Patents, I mean, come on, I mean, everybody's getting in it. The reality is, and you know this, I know this, and people who hear this, I mean, is the wave is all, I mean, it's here. I mean, I've been talking to psychedelic practitioners like you all the time, like in different parts of the country and other countries. And, yeah. you know, without getting too woo-woo, it's like, there, you know, that there's just a, there's an invitation and a lot of people in a lot of different modalities, including therapists, and psychiatrists are saying yes to supporting people in psychedelic medicine. Right. I mean, dude, I mean, I'm talking to doctors all the time, and it's beautiful. I mean, the efficacy is there. I mean, look at the look at the Johns Hopkins reports where people were had had cancer in their body, and they're taking 20 grams of psilocybin, 20 grams of psilocybin, and coming back from that experience cancer free, mushrooms cancer free. Do the math. I mean, it's just part of this awakening, and I'm so excited about it, man. We're seeing documentaries. We're seeing movies. We're seeing TV shows. We're seeing doctors, universities coming up with a research center. We're seeing the veterans speak out because the veterans really oh, have been too. over the last you know, two decades have been the ones really uh, who have had probably the most trauma in this country, if not you know, one sector of, of trauma, but they are speaking out. And um, Beautiful, I'm, I'm hearing miracle stories constantly. And at the Within Center... We're seeing miracles, like just with ketamine alone, we're seeing people coming out. I'm talking like one client has lost 60 pounds. They're saved their marriage. They're now healing their nervous system. They're now learning how to feel safe with each other. And now they're bringing their, their children who are teenagers who had a lot of their trauma that was passed on and they're, they're reprogramming their, their entire family. I mean, we're seeing miracles happen every single day. I mean, I think, you know, let's talk about you know, those who have been skeptical of, of psychedelic medicine. You know, let's talk about those who might not know about psychedelic, maybe a little apprehensive about psychedelic medicine. So, I mean, that's, you know, I used to, I think I used to think, I used to not understand that, right? But now looking at it, I was skeptical of psychedelic medicine. Same. 
Same. I remember, you know, being in recovery and being sober and being in the recovery industry, you know, I was attending, you know, meetings regularly. And I remember people were sharing about doing ayahuasca in the jungle, um, sitting with plant medicine. And I remember my own apprehension of like, well, those are drugs. Why don't they just get sober? Why don't they just do the steps, right? And I think looking back, I just didn't know. I had no research. Also, I think there was a part of me that wanted to control my life. Boom. And what got me into psychedelics was I started waking up in the middle of the night thinking about death. I was like, whoa, I don't want to think about that until I'm on my deathbed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I want, like, it was something I avoided. It was something that I didn't want to think about, but it was like, knock, knock, knock. Knock, knock, knock. And that is actually what started to come up for me around, okay, this is something that I clearly I'm supposed to explore, but I didn't know psychedelics helped you explore the eternal realms, the other side. And then someone invited me and then I said yes, because I could feel my body. My bo- my mind was saying no. Drugs. My no mind was saying no. <laughs> But my, my body, saying my yes. body, and, and it, it was. I couldn't explain this feeling, the chills. Now I understand chills, and like those are that's a body yes. intelligence, right? Yes, well said. So well when said. my friend Bella, as you know, Bella, love you, such Bella. A, she's a another one who creates frequency and creates reality, invites people into that. She was really the one that invited me, and and my body was saying yes. And the moment I said, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this because I'm feeling. But my mind really is saying no. Everything worked out that day because it was a really busy day and she wanted me to sit that night and everything just worked out perfectly. And I remember sitting with, it was psilocybin, three and a half grams. She, she said, here's the sacrament. I'm like, what is that? I looked in a different language. This is the medicine. Medicine? This is, let's, let's set a prayer. Let's set intention. What is intention? And I've been learning this for the first time and it was done with prayer, with intention, with sacredness, with honor. She bowed. There was a fireplace going. It was a rainy, not cold night, January 21st, 2020, I believe. And it was the first hour, Jeremy. I cried like a baby. I wept. I had a soaking wet shirt and I don't even know what I was crying about. It was like the body was releasing what it needed to release, that the medicine was activating something in my brain and body, like the mushrooms we know now is the mycelium network that's tied to the entire planet that if the world were to freeze over tomorrow, the mycelium would live under the planet. It's all connected. And then it would repopulate. So it's interesting, right? And so many things look like mushrooms if we kind of go into that conversation. But so then the next hour, I, I laughed profusely like a hyena. It was laughter. And I was kind of a serious put together because my trauma had me kind of a serious person. And I laughed like a hyena. I couldn't stop laughing. Don't know what I was laughing about, but it was just purging laughter, purging laughter. And then that third hour, I remember the grid. I was the grid. The grid was all, it sat in oneness. And it was this oneness feeling of I was eternal and ancient. There is no time. It's just an eternal now. And death and birth were an illusion. It showed me the illusion of death and birth. And that we're actually just experiencing this illusion of reality, which we can go into that whole conversation in another episode. But that's when I was sold. Hook, line, and sinker. 
And then the next week I was invited into a group journey, which that changed that, my dude. life, which remember that. Dude, that was, that's what I was literally about. The thread I was going to pull on was, you know, I had been journeying solo, kind of my own interest in self-discovery and kind of doing my own mushroom experiences. But you invited me to journeying with community. A whole another ball. And game. I was like in, in a group with a group of people, like holding yeah. space for each other, supporting each other individually and collectively in a safe, safe space. I was like, I mean, again, I was kind of like, okay, whatever, I'm not interested. And then again, said yes. And and boy, I'm like, because there was- It took you a few times to come. It took a few times. Because I asked you a few times. Yeah, I mean, look, the invitation, you know, I think for me, like the invitation to to dive off into the deep end, you know, sometimes comes in layers. And like, sometimes it gets louder and louder, you know, louder. And, you know, your invitation's like, Again, like it was, you just invited me to Colorado at that time. That I was, was like, right. oh, that was you, it. you had always said yes, but it was yeah, timing. This I think, timing. Too. But it was that was the opening for me to experience this real, like, feeling of just being. Like, when I, I remember my first kind of group journey experience with facilitators, and I just remember just laying on the ground and just like being in my body, like, and noticing that, like, for the first time. So it's not having to do anything talk to anybody, connect with anybody, hold space for anybody, change any diapers, cook anything, nothing like that. I just was like, just be. And I was like, I really enjoying that, like being, it was different than just meditating and like be, it was like, it was this, this deep sense of like my body, like you said earlier, it was a community, there was a communication. It was this like long lost friend that you're like, oh, you're here. 41 years you've been, oh, thank you. And it was just this be just be and oh by the way just be for like four hours like just lay here for four hours and don't do anything except just love yourself and then coming back home integrating back home driving in my car just bawling bawling in my car just tears i don't even know where they're coming from just ball calling you david what's going on dude? just releasing dude and loving i mean inexplainable and and so worth it so worth it yeah, I know that for me, it was uh, that first one. I mean, I had never known what a cuddle puddle was. Right? Me neither. Like, me neither. No, don't touch me. Like, I'm that's good. Right, like, that's right. My nervous system had been hurt so much in life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that it, and it, the, it was a default mode to be in protective state a lot or, or strategy or make money or don't let anyone in too close. Like, I think the journey work rewired my entire nervous system to like just... Boom, boom. Yep. And then there's a rest, and then there's a belonging, and then there's a connection, and then there's there's cuddling and healing and touch and just being able to then fully feel loved and safe. It was the first time I felt safe in my own body. Ooh, I could feel it. And then and then the healing of feeling safe around others. Well said. And now when I hug someone, I hug them deeply. Yep. And I'm able to be with someone. It's like being with the presence of reality was really hard for me because being in the presence, you're you're in the presence of eternity. So you're feeling all the feelings. You're feeling pain from the other person or love. You're feeling sadness from the other person. You have to be with them. And then it was, it helped my nervous system be able to be with the present moment instead of in my head or in my story or checked out because it was too painful. And then I get to feel all the feelings. It's just powerful. Bingo, man. I mean, it is, it is that for me constantly being reminded in beautiful ways to be here now, yeah. like be right here, right be now. Here now. And the kids do that for us. I mean, you know, you, these little kids, man, they only know the moment. That's all they they're know. not. I literally was asking my daughter yesterday in frustration, joking frustration. I was like, journey, what did you do today? I don't know. Like she's five years. I don't know. 
And I'm sure if you play the tape, this woman, this, this young girl, just, you know, running all over the play and let, you know, living her life, which can't tell me one thing she did all day today. I don't know. But I know I'm here right now with you, you know? I'm like, oh, yes. you're right. That's and right that's the magic is in the moment. moment it's in the baby. moment. Man. It's in the moment. And so one thing I will say as we wrap up, you know, we could talk for hours about those topics. We haven't even scratched the surface of our journeys. And, and we'll definitely have you back on the show. It'd be amazing. It's such an honor to have you here. And, you know, it reminds me, one thing I like to do with, with my six-year-old daughter is every time I see her, I pause. Because there's all kind of, daddy, daddy, look at this. Like, clap. I see you. And then we watched Avatar 2. And that's the whole part <laughs> of the movie yes. is I see you. And you're just crying. That's beautiful. Because that's where you're being seen. And so, man, it's so such an honor to be seen by you. Uh, it's such an honor to see you. And, and thank you for being on here today, man. Look forward to the journey continues. A thousand more years. Minimum. Love you, bro. Cool, dude. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today on the Going Within podcast. The Going Within podcast is sponsored by Within Center. Within is a ceremonial psychedelic-assisted wellness center in the heart of Austin, Texas. Discover more about our transformative practices at within.center. If you enjoyed this episode, we kindly invite you to follow us and share your thoughts with a review. Going Within is hosted by David Naylor, production led by Patrick Stanger, and filming and production by Rare Media. Please note the statements made on Going Within have not undergone evaluation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Within, we strongly recommend consulting your healthcare provider for personalized guidance on the diagnosis and treatment of any disease or condition.